and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Jesus in Leviticus part eight. What is year jubilee? When I heard this song, Days of Elijah, and I'm at the bottom of my blog and the links in the show notes. I didn't get what they meant when they sang, it's the year of Jubilee. I knew from when I originally read Leviticus that it's the 50th year, a year of rest for the Israelites. But if in the song, it's the year of Jubilee, the 50th year from what? How did they figure it was the 50th year? Was it coming? Did I miss it? I didn't get it. Until today, as I was preparing for this lesson, it all has to do with Jesus. Let's dig in. We're in Leviticus 25. And yes, we're almost done with the Leviticus. And then we get to go into numbers. But I have a plan for numbers. So hang in there, folks. Leviticus 25. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year, the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It's the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. And don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest. But you may eat whatever the land produces on its own during its Sabbath. This applies to you, your male and female servants, your hired workers, and the temporary residents who lived with you. Your livestock and the wild animals in your land will also be allowed to eat what the land provides. The year of Jubilee. In addition, you must count off seven Sabbath years, that's seven sets of seven years, adding up to 49 years in all. Then on the Day of Atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you when each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. 
This 50th year would be a jubilee for you. During that year, you must not plant your fields or store away any of the crops that grow on their own. And don't gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. It will be a jubilee year for you, and you must keep it holy. But you may eat whatever the land produces on its own. In the year of jubilee, each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors. When you make an agreement with your neighbor to buy or sell property, you must not take advantage of each other. When you buy land from your neighbor, the price you pay must be based on the number of years since the last jubilee. The seller must set the price by taking into account the number of years remaining until the next year of jubilee. The more years until the next jubilee, the higher the price. The fewer years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am the Lord your God. Okay. Fear of God is respect for God, not being afraid of God, just respect for God or an awe of God. Verse 18, if you want to live securely in the land, follow my decrees and obey my regulations. Then the land will yield large, will yield large crops and you will eat your fill and live securely in it. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year? Be assured that I will send my blessing for you in the sixth year. So the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. Redemption of property. The land must never be sold on a permanent basis, for the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and tenant farmers working for me. That is working for God. With every purchase of land, you must grant the seller the right to buy it back. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. If there is no close relative to buy the land, but the person who sold it gets enough money to buy it back, then he has the right to redeem it from the one who bought it. The price of the land will be discounted according to the number of years until the next year of Jubilee. In this way, the original owner can then return to the land. But if the original owner cannot afford to buy back the land, it will remain with the new owner until the next year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee year, the land must be returned to the original owners so they can return to their family land. Anyone who sells a house inside a walled town has the right to buy it back for a full year after its sale. During that year, the seller retains the right to buy it back. But if it is not bought back within a year, the sale of the house within the walled town cannot be reversed. It will become the permanent property of the buyer. It will not be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. But a house in a village, a settlement without fortified walls, will be treated like property in the countryside. Such a house may be bought back at any time and it must be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. The Levites, which are the priests, 
always have the right to buy back a house they have sold within the towns allotted to them. Any property that is sold by the Levites, all houses within the Levitical towns must be returned in the year of Jubilee. After all, the houses in the towns reserved for the Levites are the only property they own in all Israel. The open pasture land around the Levitical towns may never be sold. It is their permanent possession. Redeemed, I'm sorry, redemption of the poor and enslaved. Verse 35. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into property and cannot support himself, support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary residence, resident and allow him to live with you. Do not charge interest or make a profit at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative. Remember, do not charge interest on money you lend him or make a profit on food you sell him. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell himself to you, do not treat him as a slave. Treat him instead as a hired worker or as a temporary resident who lives with you. And he will serve you only until the year of Jubilee. At that time, he and his children will no longer be obligated to you and they will return to their clans and go back to the land originally allotted to their ancestors. The people of Israel are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. So they must never be sold to slaves. Show fear, show your fear of God by not treating them harshly. However, you may purchase male and female slaves from among the nations around you. You may also purchase the children of temporary residents who live among you, including those who have been born in your land. You may treat them as your property, passing them on to your children as a permanent inheritance. You may treat them as slaves, but you must never treat your fellow Israelites this way. Suppose a foreigner or a temporary resident becomes rich while living among you. If any of your fellow Israelites fall into poverty and are forced to sell themselves to such a foreigner or to a member of his family, they still retain the right to be bought back even after they have been purchased. They may be bought back by a brother, an uncle, or a cousin. In fact, anyone from the extended family may buy them back. They may also redeem themselves if they have prospered. They will negotiate the price of their freedom with the person who bought them. The price will be based on the number of years from the time they were sold until the next year of Jubilee, whatever it would cost to hire a worker for that period of time. If many years still remain until the Jubilee, they will repay the proper uh, proportion of what they received when they sold themselves. If only a few years remain until the year of Jubilee, they will repay a small amount for their redemption. The foreigner must treat them as workers hired on a yearly basis. You must not allow a foreigner to treat any of your fellow Israelites harshly. If any Israelites have not been bought back by the time the year of Jubilee arrives, they and their children must be set free at that time, for the people of Israel belong to me. They are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. All right, so bond servitude and charging interest. Before I get into the explanation of the year of Jubilee, let me make one thing very clear. God was not endorsing slavery here. What he's talking about here is being a bond or indentured servant. 
If you had a debt and could not pay it, you were hired to work it off. A servant works and gets paid. A slave works and doesn't get paid. Next is the issue of charging interest. Jews could not charge another Jew interest. However, they could charge Gentiles interest on a loan. And this became a problem later on with the Catholic Church leadership. They called it usury. And this played a factor in anti-Semitism as the Jews were shrewd business people and very successful. One more thing to remember, God owns the land. Everything, in fact. We are only stewards. The Sabbath year and the year of Jubilee. This was God's plan of economic security. No, this was not socialism. Not even close. Every seven years, the Jews had to observe the Sabbath year, a year of rest. They were to rest the land, a form of what we call today crop rotation, as well as cancel all debts and free all servants from the indentured servitude. God promised that he would make the sixth year, the year before, so plentiful that they would have enough to last them through the next two years until they had their next harvest. They needed to trust God and obey. Simple, right? Well, here again, I borrow from um, the Bible study spoken, uh, from Spoken Gospel. Okay, and it reads, finally, after um, every seven years, I'm sorry, start over again. Finally, after every seven times seven years was a year of Jubilee. So after 49 years on the 50th year, there was basically a mega Sabbath. All debts were canceled. All land went back to its original owner and all Israelite slaves were released. This was an unprecedented act of social justice that was put in place to make sure that no one became disproportionately poor or rich over multiple generations. Twice a century, the whole nation was to push reset. Where is the gospel? Well, we have no evidence that Israel actually ever obeyed this mega Sabbath, this year of Jubilee, which makes it even more beautiful when we realize that Jesus claimed to be the bringer of the final year of Jubilee. In Luke 4, we read about Jesus walking into a synagogue in Nazareth, his hometown, claiming that he was the one bringing this year of Jubilee, also known as the year of the Lord's favor. And he did. He truly canceled all debts, not just earthly debts for a few years. He canceled all our eternal spiritual debt. He didn't just restore property. He gave us a land that was never even ours to begin with. The land of the new heavens and the new earth in which we will dwell with him forever. And he fully and finally freed slaves that had never been freed before. He freed us from our slavery to death and our slavery to sin. Jesus truly brought the mega Sabbath, which is why in Christ, we can take a Sabbath every day. We can rest every single moment in the fact that Jubilee has come into this world, has canceled our debts, given us a new land, and freed us from slavery. Again, that is from the Bible study, Jesus and all of Leviticus by Spoken Gospel, and there's a link to it in my blog. You can't be free if you're a slave to religion. So Jesus is our savior, freeing us from the slavery of religion, of guilt, and of sin. 
Jesus didn't die so we could have religion. He died so he could have a relationship with you. In Revelation 3, verse 20, Jesus says, look, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Why don't you let him in? What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and, of, and confident hope of eternal life. So don't forget to click on over to my blog. You can click on how to invite Jesus into your heart. And at the bottom of today's blog, I have the song, The Days of Elijah. It's the year of Jubilee. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.